building a company from nothing is freaking hard. Us entrepreneurs are expected to deal with unimaginable challenges and somehow keep a cool head through it all. This is The Art of Entrepreneurship, and I'm your host, Jackie Hermes. I grew my company, Excelity, from zero to seven figures with no partners and no funding. The Art of Entrepreneurship is a show where we cut through the BS and dig into what it actually takes to start and grow a company. If you give me your time, I promise it won't be wasted. Now let's get to work. Hello, and welcome back to The Art of Entrepreneurship. Today, I am talking to Fran Meyer, who is a super founder that has founded two companies aimed at women, both Match.com, which you maybe didn't even know was marketed toward women, but it was very cool. And now she is the CEO of a company called Baby Quip, which is the number one baby gear rental service company in the country, which is amazing. I wish that was a thing when my kids were little. Today, I'm talking to Fran about seeing around corners, about seeing the future, taking risks as someone who was really early to market with both of her companies. We're going to talk to her today about the do's and don'ts as a founder, how to stay motivated over time, and all of her best advice for you today. So thank you for joining me today, Fran. I am so excited to chat with you today. I'm really happy that you agreed to talk to me. And as the founder of Match.com, you're kind of like the OG of online dating, which is really cool. No, OG. Oh my God. The OG. I love it. Uh, So I was thinking about this and when online dating became a thing. And I know my aunt met her husband in a newspaper ad and it was like right before online dating started. When you started Match, was it already a thing or were you the very first platform? Tell me a little bit about that. No. So at the time, and I was co-founder, so there were a few of us in a room. Um, We had bought... Uh, or, or the founder, Gary Kremen, had bought Match.com, but auto also Autos.com and Rent.com and a whole bunch of other URLs. And the idea was to get classified advertising from newspapers to online. And the idea for Match was let's have a proof of concept, something kind of sexy, something kind of fun. I think Gary was looking for a date. So, ah. you know. <laughs> That's how it came to be. I love that. And when we first, you know, this is when I first started to look at the category, which was late 1994, I joined the team. Um, There were people who were putting personals on, but they were putting personals on. They really weren't reinventing it for the this new way. Right. Uh, this whole internet, worldwide web, as we called it then, way of doing things. So I think we were, so there were a lot, I think, and there were also AOL chat rooms and Prodigy chat rooms. I mean, this is a long time ago. This is 1995. I think we were the first to do it in any sort of real professional way in terms of not just look and feel, but strategy, money. You know, we had some investment capital to put into it. And I think those kinds of things made the difference. I think the real difference, though, from a brand standpoint, was a, a commitment to focusing on women with the idea that if we were to get the women, the men would follow. Mm. Women being the scarce resource on most dating sites or in personals and so on. 
that from a brand standpoint, we wanted to be, you know, basically clean and safe to the extent possible. So we tried to keep it fairly um, comfortable. And again, that was relating to attracting women. Yeah. So, you know, our, our three brand words, and I, I just found a, a um, matchbook that said safe, anonymous, and fun. Love that. Which were how, our words, you know. How much of that did you have figured out? And how much of it did you figure out more as you go? Like from a brand perspective, selfishly as a marketer, you know, I have a, a lot of clients and we have a lot of prospects that are like, oh, you know, does the brand really matter? Or can we figure it out more as we go? I, I came from Clorox um, yeah. where I was in brand management. So I really, and I still do think brand really matters a lot. Yes. But the start of the brand and that brand journey, I think, is to focus on who your target is. And for us, you know, our bullseye target were 28, 29-year-old women, you know. Yeah. And we had personas around these people. And what was their life like? And what were they looking for in dating and all of that? And from that emerged, the, especially given the atmosphere around the Internet in the late 90s, a big focus on safety, a big focus on anonymity, which is not a thing now in mm -hmm. the daily lives necessarily, but back then it was. Uh, so safe and anonymity, and still you had to have fun. Had to be something people would enjoy doing. So yeah, we focused on those brand values. I and and I think our focus on women, for example, was not just how to target women and advertise to them, but how did the site look? How did what choices did he have to make? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that, for example, really um, made a difference. And, and believe it or not, there were only five questions to answer at the beginning. There were no photos in 1994, wow. uh, eventually, or 95. Eventually, we got photos on, right? Yeah. So most of the questions were how you were, how you looked. And one question that you will not find on any dating site is what is your weight? Mm -hmm. Because I knew as a woman, I didn't want to give my weight, you mm -hmm. know, body type maybe, but not weight. So that was one example of how that focus on women played out. Another one was the original business model was to charge 10 cents per connection. And there were a lot of reasons why that didn't work out. But between my time at Clorox and at um, Match.com or Electric Classifieds, I worked at AAA. And I knew that membership was really, really powerful. Mm -hmm. And so we went with the membership model. And that turned out to be very powerful and, and very good in terms of things like, well, it, it's a subscription model, right? So yeah. it works good in terms of being able to project income and promotion and cross-selling and upselling. It was really good model. Yeah. And the subscription thing is a huge part of online dating now still today. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so I think I was at the forefront of those things. Yeah, so it was yeah. a lot of fun and, and, you know, those kinds of lessons carry through, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. So actually, in my last episode, I went through the StrengthsFinder assessment, and we talked at length about the strategic mindset, and he called it seeing around corners. It seems like that's a big part of your career is doing being at the forefront and kind of seeing around those corners. Is that something that comes naturally to you, or is it something that you've worked on over time? I, I think you, as an entrepreneur, you start to just own it yeah. as, as you develop. And, you know, it really led, I think, to, I, I think it's seen around corners and willing to sort of 
take a risk or take a chance. Yeah. So so the the journey to Babyquip, which is the company I'm I'm leading now. Yeah. We deliver baby gear to traveling families. I got into Babyquip because in mid 2012, I moved from Alameda to San Francisco, bought a house literally up the street from Airbnb. At that point, I didn't know have any idea what Airbnb was. But within by mid-2012, I started to rent rooms in my house on Airbnb. And at first, I didn't even tell anybody. It sounded embarrassing, like I was an old English woman bringing in borders, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and all of a sudden, I started to make some real money just yeah. renting rooms in my house, right? Cool. And sort of, I, so it got me thinking about gig economy, because now I was really making some money in a way I had it before. And of course, in San Francisco in 2012, Uber and Lyft and everything else was was taken off. There was that. And also this new way people are traveling. And mm -hmm. so I was open to looking at ideas and, and businesses that would take advantage of these trends. And in early 2016, I met a gal who started this baby care rental business in Santa Fe. And Santa Fe was my hometown. So when she wanted to meet with me, I was like, sure, I'd be happy to. And in our first meeting, I, I told her I should be her CEO because it just really clicked for me. And I yeah. knew as a vacation rental host at this point at some properties in Santa Fe, which is my hometown, um, I knew I didn't want to buy all that baby gear and clean it and make sure it was safe. But I knew my people who were visiting me wanted baby gear. Mm -hmm. And I looked at the competitive landscape out there and there really wasn't anybody doing it at any sort of scale. And then taking lessons from match.com of the importance of safety and trust. I knew this was another category where trust and safety was going to be really critical. Absolutely. And, you know, it takes a lot of money to deliver trust and safety, but if you have the right strategy, it could work out real well. So, Tell me a little bit more about how BabyQuip works. It's the number one baby gear rental service. And are you then going direct to consumers? Are you partnering with Airbnb owners and the like? Both? Like, tell me a little bit more about the business model. Yeah. So, so BabyQuip is like the Airbnb of baby gear. So we have local people who we call quality providers. They're independent contractors in over 2000 locations across the world, mostly in US, Canada. And they are able to deliver baby gear to traveling families going to their destination, um, staying at a vacation rental, a hotel, grandma's house. We even meet people at the airport with the gear. And maybe you remember, but this is difficult. It's really oh. difficult to travel with kids. In Such all a pain and so Such much stuff. Yep. Yeah. And it's a disincentive to travel, but this generation of parents really travels in their DNA. They want to have the experiences. They want to have those Instagram moments with their kids. Mm -hmm. So they want to do it. And, and we rent everything from cribs, car seats, toy boxes. Uh, think about that, how fun it is to be a little kid and have a whole new set of toys. Oh, yes. uh, I keep some occupied for a long time. Um, snooze, you know, which are very smart bassinets or smart bassinets. I'm not sure if they're very smart. <laughs> 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 um, so there's all kinds of things that people really want. And, and especially when they're staying at vacation rentals, they're doing that because they want a more home-like experience. So they want the crib. They want the, 
you know, they want to be able to sleep well and know that everybody's going to be happy. Yeah. So we're solving that problem. We're reinventing the family vacation. We even rent things like beach stuff and hiking stuff and snowsuits and what 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 have you. We do partner with travel agencies, vacation rental, property managers, hosts, uh, influencers, a whole range of people. I think we have close to 8,000 different relationships. We don't have a, a hardened relationship with Verbo or Airbnb at this time, but of course we're working on it. Yeah. And um, we're the solution to the problem, you know, and it takes, it's taken a while. We survived the pandemic. Um, in fact, we were on Shark Tank on March 6, 2020. Oh my gosh, the timing. <laughs> what timing? Yeah, it still was great, but that timing obviously was not fortuitous. Yeah. Uh, but we did well uh, starting in 2021, and we just wrapped up um, 2023, 80,000 orders. Wow. About That's 5% incredible. international, which is pretty exciting, a good start. We yeah. have over 2,000 quality providers. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think we've got everything in place for a really good, fast growth. I just closed on $3 million in financing funding. I'm hoping to get another million in the next month or so. That would be nice, but yeah. it was a combination of doing crowdfunding and, and venture investing. So fantastic. Congratulations. Fine. That Thank is you really amazing. And that's a huge order milestone for last year. And it kind of leads into my next question, which you've been building what have become really well-known companies. And I know your bio calls you a super founder, which is a really cool accomplishment. How have you kept the, the motivation and the inspiration to keep doing this hard work? Because building companies, I mean, building any company is not easy. You know, it's hard to know because I've just been doing it, right? So I don't know yeah. what what the other thing is like. I do yeah. know that there have been times in between um, some of my startups where maybe I'll consult with another company and think about joining that company and so on. And once I think, especially if you've been the CEO and the founder, once once you you do that, it's what you do. And I really don't know how to do anything else. It would be hard for me to take a job. And, you know, they would I get good offers, but 2%, you know, yeah. equity, <laughs> when, when you've been a founder and CEO, it's just, does that does not get me excited. Yeah. So yeah. I have to say, I, I think the ownership that you get by being the founder and CEO, I'd say another important part of, of my journey is impact, Right. So, you know, look, I made no money off match. I, you know, we sold it way too early, way too soon. Yet I hear stories like all the time about people who met uh, through online dating or match particularly. And, yeah. you know, that's kind of great. Yeah. Um, when I was spent 10 plus years at trustee, which was all about privacy and brand privacy and so on, I felt there was a lot of impact. And with baby quip, you know, families having a good, enjoyable vacation, that's that's a good thing. And for our quality providers who are bringing home really good money, I think I haven't done the numbers for the entirety of 2023, but on average, well over $1,000 a month. Mm -hmm. That money makes a difference to their families. 
In fact, they sometimes post how they use the money to buy a new car or to take their own family to Disney World or Disneyland. You know, yeah. so that really makes a difference to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yep. I, that's a very important part of my journey too. Okay, I have a couple more questions. There are so many companies that don't get through those first few years. What do you think the secret is for business longevity? Well, you know, the number one job of a startup CEO is making sure there's enough money. Yep. And so if if they didn't make it, clearly there could be shocks in the market like a pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. We were lucky. We had raised some money beforehand and we got some government money and we we're still small enough, but, you know, we hadn't made any big commitments, spend commitments. So we were in pretty good shape. Good. Um but I pay a lot of attention. In fact, this week I'm really honing in on what our forecast is. And part of my guidelines is we cannot run out of money this year. Mm-hmm. It's still very difficult fundraising environment. Yep. But I mean, the typical things is you see companies spend way too much, way too soon on things that aren't proven and, and all kinds of things like that. But honestly, I think a bigger issue, Jackie, in, in many cases, especially for female founders, is they don't get enough money to flourish. Mm-hmm. You know, so right now that three million is great. I could use another million to really test some new things, to expand maybe into broader categories of, of, of gear, to expand more aggressively internationally, to hire more aggressively. And raising three million and it wasn't up round was really hard. Mm-hmm. And I fear that, you know, you know the numbers, I'm sure, that women only get 2% of the venture capital. Well, it's not just that two out of 100 get funded, which is ridiculous, but that they get less money. Yep. And, you know, you have to, you have to be able to make some mistakes along the way. And having enough money gives you the room to, to flex a, a bit and maybe find some hidden opportunities. Yeah. On the other hand, you might you know, it might hurt you, but, but that's, that's what we're supposed to be doing with, with this money is trying to flex it. Yeah. And financial stress as a founder is some of the worst stress that you deal with. Absolutely. Okay. In closing parting words here, what is your number one best piece of advice for anyone that's listening, that's looking to start something new or has started a new business and is looking to grow it? Lots of things to say, but one thing that I'd say, especially if you're a woman, is try and keep the confidence. You know your market, you know your solution, you know know better than anybody else. Go for it. Be confident. If you show a lack of confidence, it really is going to hurt you. So that's the number one thing. The other thing that I see is people get overwhelmed by everything that they think they have to do. And you know, don't try to solve tomorrow's problem today, you know, just try and focus on what really needs to happen now. Yep. Stay in the present. I love that. And I know that we have a promo code for baby equip as well. So anyone that's listening, you can use the code art 20, which is valid through March and it will give listeners $20 off of any order of a hundred or more. So that is a fantastic share. Thank you for the audience and anyone. Again, art, A-R-T 20. 
Art 20. You have like Art of Entrepreneurship, Art 20. That is such a great giveaway for our listeners. I know we have a lot of women founders listening, a lot of people with young families. And man, I had... I would like we traveled plenty with my son when he was little and just the amount of stuff that you have to bring is so it makes it so stressful. So yeah. to be able to have that impact on people's lives, I think is huge. Great. Thank you. Have a great new year. Yes. Thank you. And for everyone listening, if you got value out of today's episode, please share it with just one person, one person that needs to hear our message today. And I will talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you.